Well, and then, of course, late last night, there was a statement that was issued by the presidency that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa has ordered the deployment of 2,900 SANDF members to the Eastern uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. According to the presidency, South Africa intends to fulfill its obligation to the regional bloc, ASEDEC. Hence, uh, this move, the presidential spokesperson, Vincent Makwenya, um, says the troops will join the fight against illegal armed groups in the Eastern DRC. However, defense analyst Helmut Hetman uh, says he doesn't understand what South Africa is trying to achieve, and he now joins us on the line. Helmut, good afternoon thank you so much for making time for us um what do you read into this decision to deploy around 2900 soldiers to the drc at a cost of around two billion rand look i don't i don't see logical thinking behind it i don't have a problem with attempting to stabilize the drc it makes strategic and economic sense for south africa in the long term it really does so i've got no problem with that where i fall short on this thing is the 15,000 roughly troops that Molasco had in the east of the drc couldn't stabilize the area. And what makes anybody think a static force of 5,000 can do it? And in fact, I believe it's not being reduced. It's going to be less than 5,000. And where is the air support going to come from? And South African Air Force, I don't think, I may be wrong, maybe they've worked some miracles again, but I don't think the South African Air Force at the moment can provide fighter or attack helicopter support. So who will? South Africa doesn't have reliable airlift capacity. So if we have to quickly reinforce or quickly withdraw, where do we get the airlift from? Now, those are all concerns. I'm not sure that has been thought through. I have no problem with the basic concept of doing it. I am Mm. worried that the force is too small and the lack of air support will not be effective. So what are we doing? Yeah. Okay. Considering that particular part as well, and also the issues that have been um, reported on on the uh, budget cuts um, for the SANDF, what do you make of this particular decision? And then also um, looking at what happened with that Oryx helicopter, because that's another issue that has been raised before, um, that we don't have enough um, air support. Okay, well, the funding side, I mean, the defense force has been underfunded. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a bit of a thing in my throat. Been underfunded for a better part of 20 years. And so a lot of the major equipment isn't working. And the government wants to play a regional role in Africa, but it's funding a defense force that's really a, a funding... Le- Funding level of a, of a border guard, that is not going to work. That is going to cost at some point. And we've seen what happens when you, when you deploy too small a force without air support. We saw it in Bungie. Mm. We saw it in Cabo Delgado when we lost not better killed during a Kazakh. We've now just seen it in the Congo twice with a pilot wounded, a flight engineer killed, now another pilot wounded, which I do not believe would have happened if that Oryx had been escorted by Royal attack helicopters. So going in now for a bigger operation, still without air support, it, it just suggests that government is not bothering to listen to, to the Defence Force. Because I know enough of the Defence Force people know mm. they're realistic. Yeah. With, when it comes to deployment of troops, um, is there an assessment that is made um, to, at a, to try at least or to, to, to assess whether or not um, we can have an environment or the environment is of such a nature that we are able to still um, maintain or retain the lives of the soldiers that we are deploying? Do we look into how volatile the situation is, um, the type of equipment that we have, and also the type of training that our soldiers have received to find out whether or not they are equipped to go into the area? Is that assessment made? That would normally be made. Yeah, I think it was also made, for instance, in Bangui in 2012 when they went in, or when the decision was taken. But then it wasn't followed through. 
in this case, they will have taken that, that made that assessment. But the question then is on what intelligence is it based? Mm-hmm. You know, is it an assumption that it's just M23? What about all the other armed groups that operate in the, in the North Kivu and South Kivu and Tuamate Turi? Um, has somebody really thought this through? The problem is your military can make an assessment and they can make a recommendation and the politicians give an order anyway. That is not unique to South Africa. It's happened to others too. Mm-hmm. The, the British had that problem when they were simultaneously deployed in Bosnia, Iraq and Afghanistan. It almost tripled their army. So the problem is that politicians who do not understand defense matters tend to override the generals who do. And in this case, I suspect this is a bit of overflight of optimism on the part of the politicians and the military haven't been able to persuade them otherwise. Yeah. And because also the other thing about this is the politics that is involved, looking at the battle between the DRC and the accusations coming coming from President Felix Tshisekedi, um, that the president of uh, the president of Rwanda, Paul Kagame, is actually supplying the arms to the M23. Um, and I wonder what that means then for um, South Africa and how South Africa understands this particular conflict, and also who is arming the M23. And quite probably is is Rwanda, because they still face a guerrilla threat from the DRC. So as a matter of interest, it's Uganda with the Allied Democratic Forces and Burundi with one of their guerrilla groups. So my my guess would be that all three countries have intelligence teams and special forces operating inside the DRC. And certainly it does look like, like Rwanda supporting M23 for good reason. Quite how we deal with this, would we know, what would we do if it came to a direct clash with Rwandan troops? Yeah. I suppose because it's in a third in a third country, we can all just pretend it didn't happen. And it's probably going to be the wisest way around it. Except it does mean we need to bear in mind that the people we're going to come up against are not a bunch of idiots walking around wearing camouflage. Most of the, well, a lot of those guerrillas in the, in the Congo have been in war for 20 years. They are pretty experienced. The Rwandan army is very serious and very professional. So we're not dealing with idiots. That's something to bear in mind. Well, we saw that even Mozambique was uh, preferring uh, troops from Rwanda than from SADC in Cabo Delgado. Yeah, although there may have been other issues there. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want SADC governments seeing what Mozambique officials are doing in Cabo Delgado in terms of illegal mining, smuggling, etc. Helmut, thank you so much for your time. Helmut Hetman is a defense analyst.